0: Welcome to a football show, Monday edition. Hope everyone is dried out and slept up since Swizzle left town at about 2 a.m. on Monday morning. Welcome to the show, brought to you by Sinkers and the Kingston Group, our two great and amazing sponsors. He is Zach Lyons. I am Braden Gall. Zach, how are you, sir?
1: Doing good. I had, had a uh, weird weekend. We went downtown to Nashville twice. Uh, one for Geodas Park, uh, where we're going to be talking about later about the horrible... Uh, attendance i guess uh the etiquette of the people attending the soccer game which was a fantastic soccer game and an overall a plus stadium experience but the the people attending they gotta they gotta learn some fucking manners I, and then I, the taylor swift thing on friday we went down trying to score last minute tickets that did not work out for anyone <laughs> i saw some tickets that
0: were like previously like 250 on sale for like two grand it never even crossed oh, yeah. my mind Never even crossed my mind to go. I, I, I am one of those people that is, I like Taylor Swift. I am pro Taylor Swift. I ha, I'm not sure I've heard a single one of her songs all the way through to the end, but I like Taylor Swift as the person. I like her the community person. I like that she writes her own songs. I think she's very good at what she does. Uh, but this like $3,000 for a concert ticket, like I'm not sure unless unless it's Led Zeppelin at Madison Square Garden, like in 1972, I'm not sure there's a band that, that's worth paying that amount of money oh, for. Listen, Lord and I love music.
1: Lauren asked for my birthday because one of her friends is uh, d- at the Blink-182 concert up in Chicago this past weekend. And she goes, uh, "There's some t- I can get four tickets for $300 a piece for Blink-182. And I go, what? hell no. <laughs> I said, no. And good I said, for, listen, listen for I know it's for, my, it's for my birthday. I said, listen, I like Blink-182. But unless it's Foo Fighters up front, I am not going and paying that amount of money for any kind of concert ticket. Like so it, your- spend it hundred dollars max. Yeah, and yeah, it, yeah. if it's in the nosebleeds, I still ain't going because it ain't it's worth your- it to me.
0: So what's your age again? What are yeah, you? There you go. Like 37, 38, yeah, 37,
1: 38,
0: 37. Uh, happy birthday coming up. Uh, I-, I thought
1: you were making a blink one eighty two reference. I was. What's your age again? I yeah. was.
0: It was both. It was both. I wanted to know I'll what be, your I'll age be 38 was 38
1: in July. Um, but uh, um so like, so no. listen, listen. And then did you see my tweet yesterday? No, we were just up at the bar, and um she was looking at Ed Sheeran tickets because I was telling her about. Uh, I saw some tweet. I think it's from Christopher Martell about how Ticketmaster's charge charging fees. Of course, you know the standard complaint about Ticketmaster tweet. And um she looked yesterday at the Ryman, Braden, eleven thousand dollars per oh, ticket I, for Ed Sheeran. Someone literally got on there and put that up on. Like well, they didn't. They didn't get it, they, did they? I don't think so. I mean, I mean, that concert's not till June or July or something, but like that person should have to put their home address and should be publicly shamed on Ticketmaster. Like if you're going to have the gumption to charge that much for Ed Sheeran at the Ryman, $11,000 per seat, we should be able to come to your house.
0: The the yeah, most yeah, the in out of you <laughs> just, just you just get doxxed automatically. No, I uh, the most I think I've ever paid for a singular single band. Like uh, there's certain like Bonaru tickets used to be like 250 bucks or whatever. And that's yeah. that's for like 50, 60, yeah, 70 bands over three days. The most I think I ever paid was like $240 for Billy Strings tickets at the Ryman. And that was kind of an accident because one of our buddies had bought in the whole package and, ju- and we were just like, yeah, go for it. He bought four of them. And then he told us later how much it cost. But like, I still would have, it was still probably worth it because he's that great. But I, I don't know if I would have said yes ahead of time. I, I still think he's spectacular. So it was kind of, I, I was fine with it. It was great. But it's one of those where it's like, the, I would, that amount of money on accident is like the only way it happens. So like it, again, it, it, Billy it, Strings great. is great, but
1: we uh, you know, we the the most I spent for a concert is when we went for that full when the Foo Fighters came out with Sound City and did that full like big extravaganza at uh in Washington D.C. on the Fourth of July, like outdoor concert all damn day. You get Joan Jet, all that kind of stuff, and yeah, we got yeah, to yeah. that. That's the most I've ever spent on the concert, and but like for me, it's like. I like concerts. Okay, they're they're not my jam because I hate people, um, and so. But like for Steel Panther, we just went to Steel Panther a couple of weeks ago, and that was like fifty dollars a piece. I think it may have even been thirty five dollars a piece. This is like thirty five dollars a piece, and it's like one of the best concerts you can go to because you just it's just fun.
0: And and that that amount I paid for the Billy String show was aftermarket because it's the Ryman and like all this other stuff. Now if you're Tim's talking about flying out to Arizona, and I'm like if you start counting. Th- Travel And then I'm like, oh, well, I saw Jack White at Red Rocks. And my wife and I, you know, then you're talking flights and stuff. And I'm not kind of counting that. I'm just saying like tickets.
1: Because you can kind of turn in that general. into like a vacation right. at the same time. I mean, if you're just going for just the concert and you're going in, going to the concert then coming back, then, yeah, you should have to count all that. No, no, no. We always. my my wife, and other I, stuff.
0: my wife and I always do like before we had kids, at least we always do like the four day. Like, all right, we're going to do a concert, but then we're also going to do a hike and we're going to do some dinners. Like, it's a whole four day weekend or whatever. Yeah. So, um, okay. We got someone a lot of.
1: Said, someone on Twitter said they can't comment in the YouTube chat, but Tim Dodge just commented in the YouTube chat. Yeah. So
0: I don't know. No, no. We got to feed the hamsters here, man. We got to make sure yeah. the hamsters are yeah, fed.
1: I I, I, listen, if you hear this and see this, stop sending t- technical difficulties to us. Stream Support at streamyard.com. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, there's support is streamyard.com because everything's fine on our end. I I, I'm, not, I'm not going to try to fix it. And like D Good, I guess, is real yeah. good and real goody and D Good. They're the same guy, right? And and so Trey's are they're, thing all, thing posting, thing they're all posting,
0: they're all posting yeah. in the YouTube section. Yeah. So here's what's coming up on the show, by the way. Brought to you by Sinkers in the Kingston Group, the Kingston Group, buildkg.com. Don't make any decisions. You guys know the drill. Don't make any decisions about your house till you talk to the Kingston Group, buildkg.com, and the defending champion, number one liquor store in Nashville in 2022 sinkers beverages in east nashville their their sister store up in hendersonville bluegrass make sure you go check them both out sign up for the in crowd which is just sort of like their customer appreciation thing it's not a whole lot you don't have to do any effort you just go sign up for the in crowd they track all your stuff and then they give you cool stuff like allocations special tastings uh they're gonna not only are they gonna take care of you in the store like they normally would but they got all this extra cool stuff that's going on as well so make sure you sign up It's sort of vip club there for folks that shop at Sinkers and Bluegrass. Uh, and of course, you can search Uber Eats for Sinkers. They'll deliver the booze right to your house, Zach Lyons.
1: They drive so you can drink.
0: And there were a lot of people out this weekend, so I hope all of you were driving safely. Lifted. Um, uh, we'll get to the stadium rent later on. So the big topic today on the show is we're going to sort of focus on the, the young pass catcher, since we kind of know, at least for now, what the group of receivers and tight ends and running backs may look like for the Tennessee Titans. We're going to do that. That's going to be the main conversation. Expectation setting, right? Jalen Burks, Chigakonkwo, Kyle Phillips. What could this offense actually look like from those young pass catchers? How good could they actually be? How concerned are we, especially if they're going to be the worst receiving core according to some on the Twitter sphere, Zach? Just some, just some. Uh, but of course, the Derrick Henry rumors just can't, don't ever go away. They're just constantly there. I'm not. I, I'm not really surprised, I guess, Zach, that they haven't gone anywhere. I just don't think, I think we're at a point where I'm not sure what new information matters. Um, Zach, what are the latest rumors? And then explain to me why this is even, why this would even be a thing the Titans would consider.
1: Well, the, the latest rumor is that the Titans are expected to extend Derrick Henry. Now take it with a grain of salt. The is the Titans upload network, which is, has a pretty good hit rate, but they, they really bombed. Their last news breaking thing was the Jets and Ryan Tannehill trade compensation that we discussed on the show that it, that ended up with them getting the Jets fans in their mentions, blasting them about being stupid and moronic. And then they backtracked it saying it was a joke. So we'll see, but they've had outside of a few instances like that have had a really good track record. Now, I don't know whose source it is out of the Titans Upload Network because they have like 15 different people and it's typically Big Sportsman Three or Big Sportsman Six. And but the guy they had doing the video, I don't know if you watched the video. I sent you the link, but I don't know if you watched the video. But the guy doing the video was probably the least qualified person to do the video. And I, I cause he just I, I felt bad for him because he just was kind of in over his head.
0: Is this the same pre- people, guys that reported that LaJuan would would come back on a small on a smaller deal? Oh yeah,
1: deal? yeah. You remember the uh, LaJuan? Yeah, that was the guy. I forgot about the LaJuan thing. Um, that too. So that that and the Tannehill thing. So they went like zero for two over the offseason. Now they're back. Can the Titans extend Derrick Henry? Yes. Can they theoretically restructure Derrick Henry? Yes. Is that in the Titans' best interest though? maybe i'll I'll give you a scenario okay okay so let's say they extend or restructure derrick henry and that is easier for another team to take on that trade contract a trade contract in a trade on week eight okay okay Okay. so trade deadline so that it it could
0: so so if I were to ask you what is the value of reducing his cost this year? There's not a lot of value in reducing the cost this year for the Titans because unless they're going to go trade for DeAndre Hopkins, I guess, and his large contract, there's not a real need to save money for this team in the immediate future. But you're saying that there's a the reason they might want to reduce that number is to make it an even even more palatable trade at some point down the road, either tomorrow or in week seven or eight, you're saying,
1: yeah. I mean, that would be one reason behind it. The other reason is that Derek Henry and them have talked behind closed doors, and Tim Dodge put put this up right here. If they extend, if, if they extend his, though, uh, I assume he'll retire a Titan. Extend his contract. Uh, I, I I think that could be a conversation that maybe they had. Say, hey, Derek, how long do you want to play? And he maybe says like one or two more years tops. And they're like, okay, let's do a little extension, help each other out. Um, you know. A restructure, there's two different restructures, just a simple restructure, and then there's a more advanced restructure. A simple restructure only saves you about like $6.2 million. That means you're taking some money from this and going, because there's two void years, and expanding that over to those two void years. This year and two void years. So three years maximum, you're spreading that out. So it only saves you about $6 million. That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Why do you need that extra $6 million? Your cap's already kind of high. The other one saves you about half, $8.9 million. And that's if you take the current void years, add two more. So you got this year plus four void years, spreading that out. The problem (laughs) is, is that you're creating dead money that's going to accelerate into this year. So I don't think a restructure is very smart, but an extension can be like, okay, well, we think we want you to retire here. But we also want to leave the door open because we're sneaky and we're probably going to fuck a trade you if we can.
0: <laughs> well, again, I just put myself in the shoes of the person sitting next to Rand Carthon in the in the meetings and just saying, well, what? Like, obviously, to, and I, I just to, some of this is common sense. It's why I'm not necessarily concerned about a source or not saying this. It's like, of, of course, it's an option because it's the NFL and everything is an option. And if I'm sitting next to Rand Carthon, Rand says, well, what should we do here, man? I'm going, look. Derrick Henry is there is a value price point to this 2023 team to which Derrick Henry is just too worth it to them. He's too important to them for them to be competitive, not to mention the sort of outside the the field stuff like breaking an all time rushing record or just being the face of a franchise. Things like that that may not matter to like the wins and losses or maybe the cost of a contract. But if you're if you're an athlete, if you're a new GM that wants to endear himself to a fan base. In a year where you know you're probably going to be you know, seven, eight, nine wins, barely pushing for a playoff spot, and you're maybe breaking in a new quarterback next year, I, there's value to Derrick Henry being here. So I'm, I'm listening to every possible offer. And unless I see an offer that, that allows us to, again, the money this year to me, and you, you're kind of the one who's taught me this, like they just don't need the money for anything now that they've restructured everything and made all these moves. They don't getting, that rid Derrick,
1: getting rid of Derek Henry and changing his money does not make it easier to trade for a DeAndre Hopkins and Mike Evans or whoever else may be on the train block. Because unless it's T Higgins or Tyler Boyd or someone on a rookie contract, because those contra, those cap hits are still too high, even with the money that you're saving from right. Derek Henry. So in this sense, the extension would make sense if the corresponding move is to get one of those wide receivers, those big time wide receivers and redo their numbers. So the, cause then you can save up to, you know, nine or $10 million, you know, or maybe even more because you can mess with all the numbers and kind of like crumple some stuff up and, you know, do all this, (laughs) but like, it just, you got to shit this, this, it's kind of maddening. I think this is what everybody's kind of mad about uh, from the analyst side of things. or from the media side of things, and probably some fans too, is that it feels very shit or get off the pot. Like, and right now they're on the pot, not shitting. They're just sitting there. Their legs are probably have fallen asleep. So ran is constipated is what yeah, you're saying. Ran is constipated <laughs> and he's not shitting because like, what are, what are, what is this team? Right? Like we, the moves say one thing and then, then you hear these rumors and then you see these contracts, like the rumors again popped up that Ryan Tannehill was trying to get traded and nobody wanted Ryan Tannehill. Kevin Bayard still hasn't shown up and you still haven't done anything with his contract, which you could easily do. It just seems like this team cannot commit one way or the other. And like, if, if you extend Derek Henry, then what are you saying about Ty J Spears? Right? Like then, I mean, what are you I saying? don't think this is why I don't think like, they're going to extend. It it's just it's no do something with Derrick Henry.
0: I see. This is the thing is like, I don't I think that the most likeliest and smartest strategy is to do nothing with him. Just, I, I think just,
1: you're right. I, just I like agree. with
0: Tannehill, just like with Tannehill, maybe not buyer. We could talk about buyer because we think he's different. He has a longer shelf life, more years that are worthy of paying for. So an extension on his contract makes more sense to bring down the number. Also, one of the highest numbers per position relative to what we're talking about. Bring down the number, and he's still good for three or four years. Well, we the, the Titans are out of the Tannehill Henry business in eight in twelve months. In, in, in less than 12 months, they're out of the Tannehill Henry business. It's not their future. Will Levis is their future. Tajay Spears is their future. That's it. That's it. So they can keep them here. And what, what I think they're doing is they're looking at offers and comparing it to, we get these guys for one year. What are they worth to us for one year? And Derrick Henry is worth the money to have him here to a certain point because you just don't
1: need to mess with it right like at this point the cap space um once you factor in the uh the draft class and what actually will count towards top 51 uh salary cap they'll still be around like seven million dollars you know in cap space and generally that's enough for the off season to do whatever you need to do just depends on like i worry that they're going to extend or restructure this contract or a couple of contracts and then go out and get DeAndre Hopkins, and he's going to miss six games, and then, <laughs> yeah, I don't want then that we're in a bigger mess. So, like, I
0: don't, yeah, I don't want that either. Look, Derrick
1: Henry is worth X. It, know. It, for me, it's only if you're getting Mike Evans, T. Higgins. Those two are the only wide receivers that are realistically, probably available for a certain price that you should you should make and mess up with some of this contracts and eat next year if you can get one of those two guys. Because technically, you look at. Um, you look at Mike Evans. That's a guy that could. That's still young enough. He's on the right side of thirty. That's still young enough that can grow with Will Levis. I guess he's a veteran. I
0: get. I get. He's a veteran presence, but I think he's way closer to Julio Jones and Hopkins than he is T. Higgins. I. I would do it all for T. Well, Higgins. Well, yeah, I would do it. I, I mean, would do it T. all Higgins for T. Is Higgins.
1: Obviously, a no brainer because of the youth and everything. But well, right. I mean, Mike Evans is is a. Is nowhere, I think he is one of the most underappreciated, underrated, elite wide receivers in this league. His stats show it, his durability shows it, and he would be a boon for Will Levis, but that's only if you're willing because his contract's very manageable after this year. So you would have to adjust your money this year and not, you wouldn't have to really do much except for maybe an extension for him. But he's a guy that is 29 going on 30 that can grow. With or that can help Will Levis have an easy transition when he takes the reins.
0: Yeah, and I felt like he's dealt with more injury than I thought in my head. He only missed two games last year, one the year before that, none the year before that, three the year before that. So basically, he's been healthy for about 15 games over basically and every he's, year he's of his what, career. And he's what,
1: 10 years of a 1,000 yards straight? Yeah, I yeah, mean, yeah. Like- he's- He's so, unbelievable. He, to me, Derrick Henry
0: is, is worth X to the Tennessee Titans. You can calibrate that number however you want. Like He's worth X amount of wins, X amount of carries, X amount of yards, X amount of goodwill in the community, X amount of value to ticket sales, X amount of TV ratings. Like Any way you could calibrate his value to the, to the Titans fan base, he's worth X. And unless you're getting more than that in a trade, it is not worth trading him because the cap space is not needed as desperately as they think. Tannehill's the same exact thing. He,
1: he can't extend Derrick Henry all the way to the new stadium. No, by the way, I, and I, I see that, you know, people are, I think, I think it's not, I don't think Tim Dodge is technically saying with the new stadium on the way. They don't want to anger fans. As far as I, he's not saying that Derrick Henry has to be playing 2027. I don't want him sound like I'm misconstruing what he's saying but there are people who think you have to have Derrick Henry playing in 2027 when the stadium is open oh my god there's no, no way he's playing if, if that, that is st- if that guy if Derrick Henry's still the face of your franchise and best offensive player This team has royally fucked up by 2027.
0: (laughs) Here's exactly what's going to happen in 2027. That's the year they sign him back to the one day contract. And on the opening day, they retire his number and his name and do the whole thing. Put him in the ring of armor, open up the stadium and say, look at our all time rushing rushing record holder, because we kept him for one more year, 2023. And he breaks Eddie George's record. And he's in a 10,000 yard guy. And he owns every single Titans record there is to own. And they cut him next season this time. Because that's what he's most that is what he is where he is most, and he gives him the best chance to win this year. All of these things that we've just said apply to Ryan Tannehill even more this particular year. But we know what their plan is, which is at minimum to have Will Levis starting in 2024. So we know the we, we kind of know their are plan. mad
1: today. Uh, a, some a few on the timeline because uh, I retweeted a tweet and it says Ryan Tannehill has top 10 numbers in yards per attempt passer rating, completion rate, touchdown per interception ratio, et cetera, since joining the Titans in 2019. Also has more rushing touchdowns than Lamar Jackson in that span. Who exactly was he supposed to throw the ball to, ball to in 2022? <laughs> the slander needs to stop. And I fully agree with that take. The problem is not Ryan Tannehill in the regular season. It's Ryan Tannehill in the postseason. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, there's a reason that nothing which is, has, th- which also there's a Derrick Henry issue in the postseason as well, but that nobody ever wants to talk about. They just want to shift the blame to Ryan Tannehill. But Derrick Henry and all the losses have has not been very good.
0: Yeah, well, that, that's true. He's also been extraordinary in all the wins when Ryan Tannehill was even in wins average, uh, at best. There's a here again. The bottom line is both of these guys are off the team at the end of next season, barring an extension. And we already have the the succession plan for both of them because Rand Carthon just drafted both of them. And this team has a better chance to win and be competitive and be interesting with both of them. They don't have to, they are not in a rush to make any moves. And you want to know why? There hasn't been an extension or a trade done is because they are more valuable to this team today at their current prices and their void years than they would be for any other reason. They didn't get enough in a trade offer, so they didn't trade them because Mm -hmm. they give them a good chance to win this year and by win i mean like again eight or nine or ten games maybe compete for the division at best like that's where I they're mean, at
1: i do like i i think the schedule release stuff is pretty lame and the and the titan social media team is no charger social media team and of course nobody is because charger social media schedule release is always the best i mean like bar none that what they did last year i've watched listen i watched what they did last year the chargers schedule release not only five times like when it came out I just watched it a couple of days ago just because I wanted to. Like, <laughs> I just enjoy it. And uh, I wish the Titans would do something like that. But we'll see. Um, Bayard you know, is different. buyers the only just,
0: one that could be extended.
1: Yeah. I, I'm interested to see All right. what the Titans do. I'm interested to see the schedule and how it lays out, just for the sheer fact that I, I still think this, this team's winning double-digit games. I...
0: I, I think if everything, and we'll get we'll get to a lot of what has to break break right for this yeah. team to do that. Actually, that's going to be a big part of the show today. Uh, by the way, Sinkers and the Kingston Group are two great local sponsors here on a football show. StackingTheInbox.com, dot com, Pod, Bluegrass is the sponsor over on on uh, words Pod. Sinkers over here on a football show, and again, two great locally owned companies. Uh, Sinkers and and Bluegrass, same company. Uh, liquor store in Hendersonville, liquor store in East Nashville, the defending champs, best liquor store in the city by sinkers. So just go in there, pop in. They've got a great store They'll help you pick out what you need, whether it's wine for the, for dinner or a nice bourbon, they've got a good collection in there. unbelievable beer selection, as good a beer selection as any liquor store in the city, ginormous walk-in cooler with all the local breweries. Make sure you go check it out. Sign up for the in crowd, of course, as well. And uh, we've got some cool stuff planned. There are a couple of gifts and prizes that we're going to be giving away this summer that are no other show. In the history of like radio podcast digital youtube whatever is giving away a gift like we're going to give away this summer i promise you
1: yeah uh, it's ridiculous
0: but you have to sign up go in there sign up for the in crowd they'll, they'll they'll handpick stuff for you because they know what you like and they'll send you emails saying hey are you interested in this all kinds of cool vip allocations and of course the kingston group don't make any decisions customize rebuild uh, sell buy whatever talk to the kingston group first have them look at your property talk through your problem they will make sure you make the best possible sound decision for your house. And even if you don't use them, they'll point you in the right direction. But uh, we, my family uses them. I guarantee you that you will benefit from using them. So make sure you check out the Kingston Group, BuildKG.com, and Sinkers Beverages on Uber Eats. Uh, search Uber Eats. Sinkers, they'll deliver the booze right to your house, Zach. Right to your house.
1: They'll so. drive so you can drink.
0: All right, I'm going to take a break. I'm going to take a breath here, <laughs> I should say. Um, I had a chance to talk with KJ Jefferson, Arkansas quarterback, first team all-SEC quarterback heading into the season. Uh, and we talked about a lot of stuff. That interview is going to be on Fringe Element podcast this week, so make sure you check that out. The full interview uh, with a, with a, again an All American caliber quarterback, but I, he is very close friends with Traylon Burks, and so uh, I thought you guys might like what he had to say. I asked him a couple of things here about his relationship with the Titans wide receiver. Have you ever gone boar hunting with your bare hands and killed a boar with your bare hands?
1: No, not at all. I went down. I actually went down with Traylon one time. And once he told me, like, they actually can, like, run at you and do all that, I told him, no, nah, I will not go in the Like, I wouldn't – don't even take me out there.
0: Has, has he given you any advice? I've covered him here in Nashville. He plays for the Titans, obviously, for those that don't know. um, Have you guys talked at all, giving each other advice about how to handle the process, what he's going through in the NFL, what you're going through as, you know, potentially future draft pick and final year in the SEC? What kind of advice do you guys give each other? Uh, My thing is just uh
1: being humble. I mean, we always tell each other be humble and – don't let the next man outwork you. I mean, that's our – because we're both competitive, so we'll get into arguments all the time about who's working the hardest. Or So we always just being competitive, but we also understand, like, being humble and keeping faith and just being able to just put your head down and work is what's going to translate uh, to the next level and get you there and keep you in the lead as well. So just perfecting the small details, I mean, that's how we talk about
0: Ah, uh, there you go, KJ Jefferson, and I had an earlier part of that conversation was sort of like what's making him better, and Danny Enos, the new offensive coordinator, is all about sort of protect perfecting their craft this year. So I do think that my take, one of my takeaways from Traylon Burks is that the the previous offense at Arkansas was not as NFL ready, and so maybe there's some of that wh- where Burks was was learning on the fly. But I think the biggest takeaway is that that his his closest one of his closest friends who's an all-american quarterback is all about the grind and the work and putting in the details and trying to stay on top and uh, you know again not a lot there from KJ but uh good to hear those kind of conversations are happening with Traylon Burks before we get into setting the expectations for the second year wide receiver
1: yeah I thought thought it was you know it was it was interesting to hear the outworking each other kind of deal like and because that didn't really translate to the start of this offseason right or start <laughs> of last this time last year it was uh asthma gate he can't stay in shape so hopefully because the only picture i've seen of Traylon burks of the offseason was him boar hunting uh of course and he's just wearing all this garb, so you don't even know how he really looks but i'm but brian tannell said he looks good so we'll see but is it like we're about to talk about but the Titans are pinning all their offensive playmaking hopes on the explosives and the passing game on Traylon Burks to turn into A.J. Brown after a -A. not-so-A.J. Brown rookie season. So, like, they're Uh, really expecting a lot from him.
0: So I completely agree with the first point, which is they are are, a lot of pressure is going to be on on him to be the top playmaker on the offense outside of Derrick Henry. Now, here's where I'll, I'll disagree a little bit. A.J. Brown's rookie season, he had 5.2 targets per game, 84 targets. Traylon Burks in his rookie season had 4.9 targets per game as a rookie. So essentially, they were targeted inside the offense the exact same amount of times per game. The difference being Traylon Burks' health. I, I don't know yeah. if this is a hot... mean well, obviously. Know if it's, I mean, uh, obviously, sure. I,
1: mean, that's, I mean, everybody sure. knows it was his health. But, like I, but I, I, I don't that. think I I think that matters, though, right? Like, no, of matters. course, I
0: want to let me get to the health part because I agree with you. It does matter the the, the, sh- the concussion to the head on a post route. That's a fluke thing that you can't control. That's not like a I didn't work hard enough to get my body in shape kind of thing. That's just something that happens in football. um I, my, I say that just to say that their pace per game was roughly the same as rookies in terms of how they were used within the offense. I will. I don't again. I don't know if this is a hot take or not. I think Traylon Burks is going to have an explosive year. I think if, if he is on the field, you can't dictate health. And maybe his work ethic is a part of this. And maybe that's the question here. I well, The big he, difference
1: is, is the 13.5 yards per reception versus 20.2 yards per reception and being, you know... I mean, A.J. Brown had one of the best wide receiver rookie seasons, obviously not just for the Titans, but that year, he got robbed that year of Offensive Player of the Year.
0: So the next... You're talking about when he was a rookie, or talking about the yeah, following. Yeah, when he was a season? rookie. You mean rookie? Okay, rookie of the year. Yeah, yeah. The following season, he had 106 targets as a, as a second year player, and the other and AJ also during his career also dealt with injuries, kind of on and off. Not as much as Traylon did in year one, but dealt with them on and off. I think to expect a, so Corey Davis in 2018 had 112 targets. AJ went 84, led the team. 106 led the team in 2020. 105, led the team in 2021, and then last year, I can't believe this, but Robert Woods led the team in targets with 91 targets. I think it's okay to expect 100-plus targets, maybe even 110, which would be about six, six six-and-a-half per game, which is about what A.J. did for his career in the Tennessee Titans offense, which I've got some more context that's important because the Tennessee Titans offense clearly does not throw the football as much as everybody else. So I do have a question for you about the trend of being – 31st, 31st, 30th, 26th and 30th in pass attempts, no matter the coordinator under Mike Grable. But I think it's I don't think it's crazy to expect Traylon Burks to have a breakout 100 110 target, 70 80 catch season and be a, a and be a legitimate number 1 receiver. Is he a top 10 player in the in the league? No. At his position? No, I'm not saying that. But I think he can absolutely be what they drafted him to be in 2023.
1: Well, he can be. I mean, that's that's for sure. I mean, they, they, they need him to be. Like, I think that is the big key thing. I, I don't think anybody's questioning the talent of Traylon Burks necessarily as much as they're questioning the idea of really leaning heavily on a trio of pass catchers. And they are, they're expecting NWI to be NWI, which is Robert Woods and like they're expecting him to get like 500 600 yards I mean you'd be lucky if he gets it gets that high but that's probably what they're expecting you know they're expecting a lot out of Traylon Burks I hope he delivers they need him to deliver more importantly because they need someone that could take the pressure off of Derrick Henry they need him and Chico Conquo and Kyle Phillips to be guys that you have to kind of pay attention to while also trying to pay attention to Derrick Henry. And all three of those guys matter to this team and its success in the passing game in 2023, despite them always being in 30th and 31st and all that kind of stuff. Because to me, yeah, you, you would love and maybe they are going to switch because maybe you need to be looking at the the Houston Texans and how they ran their offense and what attempts they were from 2019 to 2021 with Tim Kelly, uh, what they were under Bill O'Brien. Maybe that changes some. Maybe they're going to be low 20s. Maybe they're 24th in pass attempts. But sometimes the difference between when you are looking at these stats and looking at 30th versus 24th, maybe that's like, 15 extra passes or something like I, I don't know, but typically, so, so, th- it, so I, can, I can give you. I, so, I've got a lot of
0: questions I want you to kind of give me like over unders on, sort of like, do we think they go up or do you think they go down? And I've got a bunch of these names, and we're going to get into the players Kyle Phillips, Chickaconquo, Traylon Burks, a few other names, but I wanted to kind of level set real fast. So, in 2018, 437 attempts that was 31st under Matt LaFleur. Um, that was all Mariota 2019, 448 attempts, 31st in the NFL, all Art Smith and A.J. Brown's rookie season, and two-thirds of the season with Tannehill. 2020, 485 attempts. This is as a team, 30th in the NFL. That was Art Smith. 2021 was the high-water mark. 535 pass attempts under Mike Vrabel. Todd Downing, ironically. 26th in the league. So you they threw the ball like 70 or 80 more times that season to just get to 26th. So it is to, to answer your question kind of on like where they're at, Last year, 456 pass attempts, 30th in the league, uh, obviously under Downing. So they've they four- added
1: two more pass attempts, they'd have been like 29th. You get so, what I'm saying? So, like so it's like to, four to get, a game. Yeah, I mean, like maybe five two more pass attempts. And if you get if you let's say you needed um, two more pass attempts total, by the way, uh, to beat the Carolina Panthers who are at four fifty-seven. So if you wanted to get into so the San Francisco 49ers, because nobody ever really talks about the 49ers being a team that runs a lot. We have talked about it, but everybody kind of forgets it. The San Francisco 49ers were 26 in pass attempts, 512. So that is um it's about like 3 per game. Yeah, more. so there's 56. So if you divide that by 17, yeah, if you threw four more pass attempts per game, you'd be higher than right. the San Francisco 49ers. Right. Like so do you, I guess you my question got to look at it that way. It's it's good to not get focused on the pass attempts number as much as it is what you do with the pass attempts. And the problem was is that while Ryan Tannehill was efficient, everybody else around him was not. And so that leans into Chica Conquo getting more snaps, Kyle Phillips uh, not having hamstring issues this year. Cause that's what everybody, I think everybody thinks that he was out due to the shoulder injury. He was out two games, I believe his two games for the shoulder injury, and then he came back and he's ready to go and he was getting eased back into the offense and then he got the hamstring ish the the dreaded Titans hamstring injury that keeps you out for like three, five <laughs> three to five years for whatever so, reason. Here,
0: if they, if they attempted four more passes per game, they would have finished 24th last year instead of 30th. So that's, yeah, just, exactly. that's just, that's a good, that's a good place to understand. If they do five more pass attempts per game, they move up to, you know, early, early twenties. My question for you is, and some of this was in the inbox. Some of this has been on your analysis of Todd Downing versus Tim Kelly versus the, you know, Arthur Smith it's formations. It's down and distance situational. Do you think this team throws the ball more with Tim Kelly than 30th in the league? Do you think they're going to go up from here in, in general? <sighs>
1: I mean, I still think they'll probably be – like if, if they get to 500 pass attempts, I'd be very surprised.
0: Which they've done once under Mike Grable, one time. Right.
1: So, like, I, I just would be very surprised just because I look at it this way. Injuries, Derrick Henry. Like, those are your two <laughs> reasons why you don't have pass attempts. And, and injuries has been the biggest bugaboo of this team for the last two years. And when your injuries are all happening – Happening mainly at the wide receiver position, you feel like Mike Vrabel. Who the fuck are you going to throw it to? So, you know, why would you put yourself in that yes. situation? Yes. If you lean on the run game.
0: All right, um, sinkers, Kingston Group, great sponsors. Check them out. Stack in the inbox. Great stuff on the on the eleven personnel on Kyle Phillips. We're going to get to all these guys. I got a couple of numbers for you that are kind of pre that are we need to set the stage for the conversation because I've already told you how I feel about Burks. I think expecting a hundred a se- hundred target season plus is what I would expect from Traylon Burks if he does not get 100 targets and plays a full season I would be extremely disappointed in Burks yeah. and or his deployment one of the two so that's kind of my thoughts on that I don't you know if is that 800 yards is that Corey Davis kind of season is that an AJ Brownish kind of season I think he has AJ Brown ability maybe not the explosiveness I think he's far better than Corey Davis so I'm okay with expecting more than Corey Davis and maybe less than AJ Brown in terms of just like yards and, and touchdowns but here's, here's a couple of things I wanted to ask you. Derek Henry had his most targets ever as a running back last year. 41 is, is 30 about right. He's been be, kind of between 20 and 40 the last four years. Are, do you, can you expect that out of him over under 41 targets for Derrick Henry?
1: Oh, I would probably go under with, if, if all things. So I'm, when I say over, under everybody else has to stay healthy, right? Like, you know, if, if, you know, Traylon Burks and Kyle Phillips aren't there or Chica Conquo is not there either. He's probably going to see more, more, uh, yep, yep. Targets. But with the addition of Ty J Spears, I think that eats into his targets as well. And so I would probably go under on Derrick Henry.
0: I have got under as well. I'm projecting about, I'm I'm in that 30 range. I think 30 is good. So here's a couple other questions then. Uh, Dion Lewis was number two in targets in 2018. He had 67 targets, obviously a pass catching receiver like crazy. He was number two behind Corey Davis is 112 is Tajay Spears over under 50 targets. 67 was the most by a running back uh, in this sort of Mike. Grable oh my era. gosh. I,
1: I, he's way under that. I mean, like I think way you're under. looking. Okay. Yeah, I think you're looking at probably like 40 targets. Okay. All right. 40 targets.
0: Um. Okay. How about so Nick Westbrook Akine. Fifty targets last year, fifty-seven targets the year before. It was number two the year before. He was number four last year. We don't want him to be number two or three, even in targets.
1: It doesn't what, matter what you fucking want. <laughs>
0: so, is it about fifty again? Is that about? Yeah, over I under think 50? I
1: think you're. I think you may even see more targets this year. Um, ah, okay. I mean, they're they're going in with the idea that he, right now he is wide receiver two, baby. Joe Rexrode <laughs> was right. He was just a few years early.
0: <laughs> so, Chris Moore. Had 74 targets last year for a godforsaken Texans receiving core. Not all that much better this year. He caught 46 passes, but really the 74 targets are interesting to me. What is a good pro- pro- prognostication for Chris Moore's targets if he is number wide receiver three or four, give or take?
1: Mm. Yeah, I would put it at 30 50.
0: Whoa, okay, 50, all right.
1: Okay. Yeah, well, you got to think. Okay, so Robert Woods, man, let's see. Woods had, 90,
0: Woods had 91.
1: Uh, yeah, Woods had 91. So a few of those are going to go to Traylon Burks. Some of those going to go Nick West Burkine, Some of those go to Cal Phillips. So, yeah, maybe like 30. 30. Okay, so 30 so is good. I'm
0: good with that. Okay. Um, that basically puts us at about 250 if you count Burks at, at 100. So here's my no, – Adam Humphreys in 2019 was third on the team. With 47 targets. So Kyle Phillips over, and this is where we can get into Kyle Phillips now. Kyle Phillips over under 47 targets in 2023.
1: Oh, over. I mean, I think if he stays healthy, you're looking at a, I I think you're looking at a guy that is getting, and how many did you say, 50?
0: So Adam Humphries caught 47. So if you want to say 50 is the over under, Uh, I'm
1: going over because I I think he's going to get probably like 63 to 75.
0: Okay, how about, I'll go 70 then. Sound good? Yeah. All right, now explain why we like him. Uh, again, you wrote about it a little bit. Obviously, if they're going to go 11 personnel, <laughs> they need a third receiver on the field. And who's that guy? Well, it's a guy that and I So, I, I want you to go here, but I do want to re- re- reiterate one point about Kyle Phillips. This is the like the guy that was in camp last year turning everyone's head, including the coach, the general manager, and the quarterback, every single practice is still Kyle Phillips. Like just because he did some stuff in the season that we don't love doesn't mean that he wasn't the player that was running with the ones number one slot receiver, getting praise from Ryan Tannehill and, and Mike Vrabel every single practice, just for the record. I think that the regular season, it's going to sound weird. The regular season for Kyle Phelps might've been blown out of proportion relative to his, to his upside.
1: It totally was. And, and, and he has become an afterthought. And I think it is utterly ridiculous and irresponsible of those that are in the media uh, with a platform to just casually dismiss him as wide receiver three and put Chris Moore over him. Now this is all banking on being healthy, but last year was not because of his size. It was because he fell awkwardly just like Mark Andrews did missed uh, about the same amount of games that 300 or 200 pound Mark Andrews did. (laughs) <laughs> and came back and he had a hamstring issue. And let me tell you something. If you've been following the Tennessee Titans, you know that size has nothing to do with your hamstring issue. You could be you could be fat as hell, or you could be skinny as shit. It does not matter. <laughs> you're walking away with a hamstring issue at some point if you're a Tennessee Titan. So you're telling me size doesn't matter, is what you're saying. The, and he's, he's, he's making a point like Roger McCreary to better take care of his body like a pro. That is a huge learning curve for rookies coming in. I mean, there is a reason why Roger McCreary is now not eating baked beans anymore. You could get away with it in college, <laughs> but sure as hell didn't help throughout the week and help with your nutrition and stuff. And he is adding, he played in college, uh, according to uh, TennesseeTitans.com, Kyle Phillips in college in a recent interview with Jim Wyatt, played 193 pounds. He played in the low end of 180 at the beginning of the year. Obviously, getting in shape for the combine. And then, obviously, you, you shrink a lot in the summer. So, it's up to you to maintain a healthy weight, maintain healthy muscle and all that kind of stuff. He's wanting to play in the 190s to 195. So, he's probably already going to gain 7 to 10 pounds or 7 to 12 pounds on top of that. So, that's really good for him. He got nine freaking targets. In his week one debut, and because he muffed a couple of punts, everybody thinks he's a shitty ass wide receiver. Hello, that has nothing to do with being a wide receiver. (laughs) He should not be a returner, that's for sure. Now, I know he said that he may, you know, he's been working on it and hitting jugs machines and this and that and thus. Listen, man, if I was Rand Carthen and Mike Rabel and I saw that interview and read that interview, I'd be saying, You're not a returner. Did you not see the press conference where I told Ren Carthen to get me a returner? Don't know who that is, but it ain't you. because We want to lessen your hits. We want you to be a focal point of this offense, and I'm telling you right now to just dismiss Kyle Phillips that he is not going to be a factor because you don't think this team passes enough. There are 400 and something pass attempts to go, go around, and you got Chig, and you got Traylon Burks other than that you got Kyle Phillips he's gonna have to catch some balls
0: dude dude I, I, it's so funny you say that because I'm about to lay this out with Henry at 30 targets and Spears at 40 that's 70 NWI at 50 which is about what he's done two years in a row uh Chris Moore at 30 we could even bump that up if we wanted to because he had 70 plus 100 Traylon Burks at 100 and Kyle Phillips at 70 that only gets us to 320 which is still 150 shy of the average for Vrabel as one of the least passing offenses in the NFL. So that the only names we have not mentioned as to projecting where they could be targets and how they could be part of this offense. Chickaconqua, which on purpose we have not mentioned yet. Josh Wiley. (laughs) Yeah. Hassan Haskins, Trayvon Wesco, um, Racy McMath, there is nobody oh, else. McMath
1: ain't making the team. You might as well There's, replace Colton Dow with Racy McMath.
0: Sure, add him too, dude. There's no one else. I'm still 150 targets shy of what the average Mike Vrabel offense has done. Kyle
1: Phillips is the wide receiver three. He is, Don't yes. fight it. Just accept no, I agree. It. He I may agree. even end up being wide receiver two because everybody's like, well, he's a slot only guy. We well, should tell that to the Tennessee Titans and how they used him because he's a slot majority guy or slot mostly guy. Because they spit, put him outside 21 snaps last year versus 41 in the slot. That means they're going to move him around. And that means that he's not only a 11 personnel wide receiver. Open up your mind and actually watch the offense. Like, I feel like people aren't watching the offense, and I feel like you get people out there uh, that will write a whole article about. Well, the Titans are definitely going to increase their twelve personnel because oh, Tim Kelly is here, and the eleven personnel is not happening anymore. What? What? What world? Tim Kelly used eleven personnel seventy percent of the time on passing situations.
0: It's the most, isn't it? The most common formation in the NFL.
1: It's the most common formation in the NFL. <laughs> Everybody uses it. Listen, do maybe the problem yeah. is is that they're not diverse enough outside of eleven and twelve personnel. That is fine. Okay. I agree, and I meant to write that in the article, and I didn't. So there, here you go. Here's a freebie for those that didn't pay. Maybe you all need to be complaining that they're only using the eleven and twelve personnel. Maybe they need to go and branch out to different situations. I but want. I pass. want. I want twenty. I want twenty-two personnel. Yeah, they pass from eleven personnel at or above the league average, and the Tim Kelly passes seventy percent or more from eleven personnel. Yes. okay so get your that... heads out your asses and actually look at some data instead of living in your cave thinking that you know everything just because oh, it's Mike reboot he just pissed about that well okay <laughs> I, mean, I don't even
0: understand what you just said go to sinkers and drink some more um uh, here here's the question uh that like is not even a question it's just the common sense calculus here for vrabel and carthon in the war room was s- uh, another weapon or tajay spears another weapon or Peter Skaronsky, another weapon, or trade-up for Levis. And every single time, they thought what they did was more valuable to their team than the other thing they could have done, which is draft a wide receiver. So you may not like that strategy, but some of that is their evaluation of Kyle Phillips is baked into some of that, whether you like it or not. That's just the truth of it. I I agree with you. Do I think he's going to go Adam Humphrey's 47? I think he should be in that 50 to 60 target range, 40-ish catches, hopefully a lot of them for first downs. A lot of them in that, like you're talking about, their 11 personnel situation. I, I think they're going to use him a lot. I think the camp that we saw from him last year was real life. It, it, that's That doesn't just disappear. He is still a tactician of his routes. He's still incredibly tough. He's still incredibly dependable. Great hands catcher. Like He's all the things we saw for like three months in rookie OTAs and mini camp and camp. And tight, all the Titans people still love the guy. Just now... Another year of injuries, and maybe he's too small for the league. We can decide that later. But but
1: for like now, it depends on the injuries. Like, sure. if someone steps on him and they crush him like an ant, then, yeah, that's because of size. <laughs> if it's just because he just fell weird or right, because right. he pulled a hamstring, it has nothing to do with it.
0: So that brings us to Chig, who I think, this is an interesting one to me. Um, Austin Hooper was number two on the team last year in targets with 60. Jonu Smith is the top tight end of the Vrabel era with 65 targets in 2020. Uh You also had and Delaney
1: in- didn't beat that at all.
0: Uh, uh-uh. I don't think Delaney and Vrabel overlapped one year. I don't. I don't think they did. Um Jonu Smith, forty-four targets, was the top tight end target uh, uh guy in twenty nineteen. Ferkser had fifty-three targets in twenty twenty. Saw as the him top-
1: at Geodis Park this past week. Oh, there you go. Uh, yeah.
0: He he and uh, oh god, this is this is one of my favorite stats. So twenty twenty-one, it was AJ NwI. Um, Julio Jones was number three with 48 targets. You know who's number four on the team in targets in 2021?
1: That'd be Jeff Swaim, right?
0: Chester Rogers Ugh. with 43 targets tied with Anthony Berkshire. The point is tight ends in this offense have between 40 and 65 targets over the course of the year. John, who is clearly the most talented Hooper, probably the most dependable.
1: If Chick doesn't have 65 targets minimum, this this team is um, needs to be arrested for malpractice. I, I was going to
0: say six, 60 over under 60, which is what Hooper got last year. And I, I, I think you need to expect
1: more. Yeah. He he's got to get more that they, they they're, they're at a point. They cannot afford for him to not get more. It should be in terms of targets for this team, Traylon Burks. And this is targets and snaps Traylon Burks, Chica Conquo, Kyle Phillips, Every, whoever else you want to throw in there, because those are your top three guys. If you do not think those are the top three pass catchers that they're relying on, on this, in this offense, you're taking fucking crazy pills.
0: And, 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 and uh, then
1: that's a lot of eggs in a small basket.
0: I know. I get it. They're all young and they're all inexperienced. You're going to need, you're going to need like, you know, the next three are, are going to be Henry Spears and NWI. And, and the idea is to go to them as backup plans for the first three. So even if we add 60 more targets, to this list i'm at 380 i'm still almost 100 shy of what they average
1: yeah right i mean so, like, so it's, like just, it's ridiculous
0: so the, the, the only one we haven't talked about is like okay josh wiley 20 targets this year maybe I mean, maybe 30
1: maybe maybe. did michael pruitt and jeff swain as secondary tight ends i think they got like 30 targets a piece at some point like that makes sense or maybe what chig got last year would make sense for him because i don't think trevon wesco I think Trevon Wesco should see less, or the same amount of targets that Jeff Swaim saw last year. Josh Wiley probably sees the yeah. same amount of targets Chig did. I think it like you take Austin Hooper, then Chig, and then Jeff Swaim, and then it's going to be Chig, Josh Wiley, Trevon Wesco. I, I think the key is is that
0: two two things here. I think is what we're trying to say is that Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips, and Chig Conquo are expected. To be the focal point of the passing attack. We think they have some ability to do that, but the Titans are relying on three second-year players to carry the load, which and and if you do the math, you're talking about at least half of the targets. You're talking about at least half the targets, if not more, are gonna go to those three second-year players with NWI and Derek Henry and Tajay Spears also a rookie. You know, maybe you mix in Wiley and Powell, but now you're talking Dow, now you're talking about all rookies and second-year guys. They are putting a lot on these guys. And It
1: sure seems there's a big hole. And we know there's a hole missing, right? Like there's just, There sure seems like a target vacuum is waiting to be filled by some way. And now the I, Tennessee Titans have talked about it. But I don't know. Who do you get that can eat up some of this target share that is missing from the Tennessee Titans uh, from last year? I don't this know. Is
0: just, this is just for Stoney. I would go way over 50 targets for Tajay Spears. Oh, yeah. I, I think Spears is going to be in the offense regularly. Uh, well, I guess that
1: Hilliard last year was trending to have a lot of targets. So, I, yeah, I could see that.
0: I think Spears is the guy who gets uh, like Phillips goes way up, Chig goes way up, Burks goes way up. We've already done that and we're still 100 shy. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think it's got, I think it's Spears. I think you can't rely on Henry to go more than 41 because that's what he was last year. I don't think asking him to do more is fair. I think NWI rate at 50 is about right. I, it, more okay to me it is it is a, almost exclusively about who's the x factor that we don't know could come in and catch 35 passes on 50 targets it's tajay spears like that's a hundred targets you got-
1: for chick would be i guess that would be delaney that'd break that's- delaney walker's target number because delaney walker back in when I he first check. got here he was 96 targets i think as someone someone told me
0: here, let me. I can look if you if talk for a second. I can glance at it real fast. That, that would uh, be
1: like an all time tight end target record. Okay. By, all right. It has to be right. All
0: right. So Tennessee. Here's here's Delaney Walker's last uh,
1: no, look. One hundred six. One hundred six. One thirty
0: three. yep. One. Those are in. That's uh, like those are one thirty three for a tight end is. Maybe nuts. we
1: are underselling Chig. I.
0: I still don't know if asking to do more than Janu sixty five is and maybe can't, maybe maybe the offense has well, no John choice. Well, was asked to gets.
1: block a lot, so you're not going to have that. And, and now Delaney was in all the time. Janu was that's I true. don't think it was ever necessarily in all the time, but he also had AJ Brown and Corey Davis. It's A little different when yes, Conquo and it's Traylon Burks, and that's really the only person here. And listen, they may be treating Conquo as a wide receiver. They may not even treat him as a tight end.
0: So it's funny. Um, in 2020, Johnny had 65, which was third on the team at, to your point, behind 92 for Davis and 106 for AJ. So clearly the top two targets, the two wide receivers, then Johnny at three, but John Johnny had more targets that year than Austin Hooper did last year. And Austin Hooper was number two on the team in targets. Yeah, but yeah, remember
1: they started off really slow with Austin Hooper snaps and all that kind of stuff. It took a while for Austin Hooper to get integrated in the offense.
0: Uh, So I guess overall, uh, uh, like I think a a thousand yards, eight touchdowns for Traylon Burks is is uh, maybe a little less. Maybe that's a little below uh, kind of an A.J. Brown season for the Titans, not for the Eagles, but for the Titans. I think Phillips is in that 45 to 50 catch range for 500 yards, maybe a couple touchdowns. I don't care about the touchdowns as much as I care about the first downs with Kyle Phillips. But Chig is the is the one you're going. All right, is this a 60 catch tight end, a 50 catch tight end that can go for 500 yards and seven or eight touchdowns? Does he score a few times on the ground? You know, like that's another question. Um, But I think you know you're asking a whole lot of three second year players and Tajay Spears. In my opinion, that's four very young players that you're asking a lot of. So we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. I just think we wanted to set expectations for all you folks out there, um, as it pertains to these three guys, and give Kyle Phillips a little love as well. The guys, the guy was uh, every day at camp, Zach, every day at camp. Oh, I know. It's how good was, how good is that? That guy, another great route, another great route, another great rep, another great one-on-one, another great. I mean, he just, every single practice, he was good. Uh, I don't think that just disappears because, because of a bad rookie season. So um, I think fans will be pleasantly surprised with Kyle Phillips. Okay. You want to tell everybody about your, go to, go to sinkers, baby, and uh, go to Kingston group. Uh, What, 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 what had you all uh, hot and bothered on Saturday at Jotis?
1: I don't know where self-awareness has gone in society. Um, The amount of people that first off on the way to the stadium that are just like, I don't even like snails pace, I guess it is. And then they're, they're four wide deep on the bridge that goes from the dog park area up to the stadium. Like they're, they're four deep and like, you can't really get around them and they're right in the middle. And then like, like what what are you doing? Luckily, one of them got a phone call and then they moved off to the side to take the phone call. I'm surprised they didn't try to take it right there and try to shout on a speakerphone. Like you're not talking about people in cars, you're talking about people walking. People walking. Okay. okay. I mean, they're going four deep on a bridge with limited space to get around because they're they're hefty people. Um, <laughs> and it's just ridiculous. First off, and they're just going so slow. Oh, look at the look at the light oh sunshine look at the leaves like give me a break there like you got people trying to get into the stadium trying to get inside first off the empanadas were great Loved the empanadas yeah. uh no line at the emp- empanada line when we went which was very surprised that didn't uh, happen later but like, it's the it's the it's the kids the
0: kids want the pizza and the hot dogs yeah. and those are the two longest lines oh, we, we but...
1: got there way way early i mean that line did not last like that i mean that was that was a once-in-a-lifetime moment that was awesome um so we, we sit down in our seats, in okay? Lifetime. So we sit down in our seats. We're in the aisle seat. So I know I have to get up and down. That's not a big deal. That's, that's the part of the responsibility of being an aisle seat guy. And, and worth it. And
0: worth it to be yeah. on the aisle. Yeah. Worth it.
1: Okay, so it's just us two on the aisle. And then there's two dudes about nine seats down on the same aisle. And then nobody else. These dudes made us get up three fucking times. Instead of just going down, walking a little bit of ways and going where there's nobody they have to have get up or going into the empty row that was completely empty up to like uh, five minutes after the game started. I mean, the whole row in front of us was completely empty. So they could have stepped down. They were young guys. They could have stepped down and then got out that way instead of making us get up three times.
0: So they're not only that. So okay. they're, in the middle, they're in the middle of the section. You're on the but, aisle. Yeah. And they could go the other direction and not, not, see, not ask anybody to get up. Yeah. All right. So I'll, real quickly on that topic, because I think you're absolutely right. I agree with you. So we were at Marin Morris. Me and my two small children and my wife are sitting on the aisle. And these three girls that are clearly human beings I have no desire to talk to come down the steps in their little matching boots and their cowboy hats. And this is like club level at, at Bridgestone. And they come down and they look at me and they think I'm in I'm in their seat because they've got tickets on the aisle. So they think they're in our seats. And so they look down and they're like, oh, are you guys one, two, three, four? We're like, no, we're 17, 18, 19 and 20. Like we're the last four. So clearly their seats are on the literally the opposite end of the section. There's no one else. I, I look at her and and I kind of just I'm like, yes, yeah, you might want to go. I'm like, I kind of do the like the I'm trying not to be rude, but it's like you might want to go around the other side like it'll be easier for you. There's an entire row of people, including children, and they didn't even blink. They were just like, yeah, can you excuse us? Can we go through every single human to get to the last seats on the other end of the aisle? Ridiculous. What are we doing, America?
1: And that that happened to the guys in front of us. Uh, Some guys, uh, they got there and um, a a crew of drunk guys came down. They're late. They're late. But they were very polite. Let me, I will say this. And they, okay. were, they were trying to figure out which section they were in. I said, I said, well, well this is 117. And they said, they, they showed it to me. And I was like, yeah, it's, it's 117. Uh, it's, you're in this row, but you're on the other side. And they said, well, the, they're in the middle. They're actually in the direct middle. And the one of the guys in the group goes, no, we'll, we'll just go around. Yes, like, we're not going to make n- you get yes. up. We'll just go around. And you know what these guys in front of us did? They actually said, no, you guys could just come up through. And I thought that was really nice. I said that they're a lot nicer than me because I would just said I told Lauren <laughs> yeah, I said yeah, I would I go just right. said yeah go go right around. But this is for Stony.
0: This is for Stoney. They're a bunch of toppers. That's what they are.
1: Yeah. The uh... um, but like, and then we had people that just couldn't sit still, in and out, in and out. I don't know if they had bladder issues, but they were still choosing to come down our side instead of going down the other side. Like, I don't, I don't know what was so magical about our particular section set of stairs that the, everybody had to come through this but it was incredibly rude and I thought that it, I I ran into rude people everywhere that weren't paying attention and they weren't necessarily drunk and not paying attention like I, I'm I get it you know sometimes right, you reckon right, right. not pay attention and let me say this as a, a purveyor of men's clothing <laughs> I think it's utterly ridiculous that Geotis's team locker room and for the Titans or for the uh, Nashville Soccer Club apparel locker rooms, what I'm saying, and all their their tents and everything, five women's options. Lauren was so disappointed that she could not get a yellow women's shirt for the Nashville Soccer Club because all they had was that fucking Johnny Cash Black and all they had was like navy sweatshirts. Ridiculous by them not to. And there, let me say something. Easily, fifty percent or more of that of that attendance on Sunday or Saturday's game Women. was female, and it's yeah, ridiculous yeah. that yeah. They don't have enough.
0: The only place you can get kids. And this is true. The only place. So the one down by. So I have season tickets in the family section on on the south end zone, which there used to be a a. A clothing store down there that was just for kids. It was a kid's store. It, it turned out that you, you can't put the only shop on one end. So they've now opened three. There are three of them now. And the only one that has kids stuff, I had to walk down at halftime. I ended up missing one of the goals two weeks ago with my daughter, who's four. The only place I can get anything that fits her is all the way down at the real big one. And the only time to go into the big one without standing in a long line is during, ma- during the match. And so I, I agree with the options. Um, as someone who loves the Johnny Cash Black, I, I, you know, I'm not gonna i not going to hate. It's all hate right, it. but,
1: like, I mean, where, where's, where's the women's clothing? I mean, they I, literally only had, like, five options for women. Oh, she was so mad.
0: It's got to be well, done. We had the, a
1: fantastic time uh, other, than, other than, I know it doesn't sound like we did, but we enjoyed the match. It was a great soccer game. We enjoyed our seatmates in front of us. Yeah, it's a great, it's a great, it's awesome, dude.
0: And honey yeah. Mukhtar had a hat trick, dude. It's great. It's all, yeah. it was, it was a lot of fun. And the Chicago coach is fired down. So th- there, yeah, you, there go. you go. Oh, uh, I didn't even know that. That's yeah, great. Yeah. They got the, they got the coach fired. I will say this about the seat etiquette thing. It is a, it is a simple math equation. It is the number of seats between you and the aisle. You go the shortest distance unless it's a number of people thing. So if you and Lauren are the only two at the end and these other two guys maybe are closer to the other aisle, but have like nine guys to go through, then I'm okay with them going past you. Does that make sense? Like, like, like if there's, Oh if there's... yeah.
1: If, if there's nine people on the other side, but let's not right. n- take into account. You got to look at vertically. Well, right. So you got to look up and down. Is this a red card on draft
0: board? What do we doing? You look <laughs> up and
1: down and see if there's spots that you can crawl over a seat and get to without being in someone else's way. I,
0: I tend to agree Crawling with that. Crawling over
1: people should be the last resort. Yes.
0: If there are seven people to my right, and two people to my left, I'm gonna go to the left.
1: Yeah, obviously. Like, yeah, that, yeah. That's yeah. it. That's it. Even that if I'm a little closer,
0: issue. even if I'm a little closer to the aisle. But I agree, I there's been some crazy aisle etiquette problems uh going around. I will say I, I I love that park. The concourses are huge. My only real complaint is they don't have enough TVs in the concourse. That's my only complaint. They need a big screen like every 30, 40 yards or whatever. So uh either way, it's an awesome, it's an awesome place to go. And even uh Even during a crazy Saturday night with people at Ascend and people at Nissan, I still got in and out pretty quickly. So uh, you just uh, got to know where to go.
1: We have real issues with rideshare. Let me just say this. God bless cops. But how (laughs) dare you block the entrance to the rideshare pickup and not let rideshare drivers into the rideshare pickup? What kind of madness and stupidity is that? Just want to throw that out there. You don't want people to drive drunk, but you sure do make it fucking annoying not to drive yourself and get drunk.
0: I have one solution to all these problems helicopters. Not a a single stadium, not a single stadium in the EPL has a parking lot because they don't need them. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. That's it. I'm in. It's over. You don't need parking lots, people. You need public transportation. Go to Sinkers, go to the Kingston Group. Uh, It's all great places there. Stackingtheinbox.com, F words as well. His name is Zach Lyons. My name's Braden Ball. We'll be back on Thursday. Zach, thanks for hanging out, man. Thanks for all you guys for hanging out as well. Um, I hope you guys had a great weekend. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Thanks for listening, everybody.
1: Oh, didn't know that we were actually signing off. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get out of here. We don't want you. Bye.